dear listener, thank you for tuning in in today's episode. I sat down with Irene over Zoom. We recorded this conversation. She has such an interesting work experience and the overall theme of her joy in seeing the potential in people. She noticed that she really tuned in on that and created her own coaching practice. A few years ago now, she's been working with uh, many different professionals. She wants for all of us to believe in the potential that we have, and I agree with that 100%. So I hope you feel inspired to believe in your own potential and take the steps every day to strengthen that belief. If you're not sure what these steps might be, just take a piece of paper and write down, what can I do today to move towards living my potential and see what comes up. I would love to hear what ideas or what um, uh, thoughts come up for you. So here's the conversation with Irene. Enjoy and I'll speak to you next week. Hi, Dairene. Hi, Moyana. How are you? Welcome to my podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted. Glamorous, yeah. For me, it's an excuse to talk to people. Well, I love talking to people too. So. Fantastic. We're going to have yeah. a great time. And the framework, um, we, we just had a little chat there in advance, but I forgot to say that I tried to kind of um, keep it in within 30, 40 minutes maximum, just right. to, I think, be respectful of our time. I'm sure you have a busy day. I yeah. have to run and collect the kids at one. And um, our listeners, I think, are used to that kind of frame uh, so they yeah. can plan there, whether they want to take us with them for a walk or whatever they're doing okay. for dinner. This is the, the kind of framework I've been working with time-wise, but um, so nice. I really appreciate you taking the time and coming on my podcast. So thank you for that. I feel very privileged to be asked. So thank you. So please introduce yourself to our listeners and um, what, what you do and uh, where, where you are based. Okay. Um, so well, my name is Jareen. So um, an old Irish name called yeah. uh, uh, which means little oak so I have a coaching business which I named oak leaf coaching wow. um, because oak obviously has a big meaning for me in my life all the time so uh, I am living in Dublin and uh, in North County Dublin and uh, but I have clients all over the place now because yeah. since yeah. the pandemic everything has moved to zoom so Although initially I was kind of reluctant to start using Zoom because I was a bit nervous about it, it's allowed me to build up my business so much more because I can coach people wherever they are. And it's, it's great. And it's, you know, it, it gives real um, privacy and quiet time to reflect rather than busy workplaces or, you know, meeting people in busy places. So it's actually worked out really well. Fantastic. Uh, Thank you very much. You find actually not, that you touched on that kind of privacy and quiet space. Um, and because I'm starting this work and in, in fairness, I like because I'm only in the last year, I did loads of practice over Zoom. So I haven't actually, I think once or twice, I've only seen people face to face. Okay. So, uh, but from your experience, do you feel people are more themselves are more open on things they want to work on 
in a in a face to face environment or on Zoom or does it make any difference? Do you think? Um, I suppose initially I thought it would make a difference, but I don't think it does. Um, I think you know you can build up great rapport. I mean, we've only met over Zoom and we have yeah. great rapport. You can build up great rapport with people, um, and it does. You know, I think because it is face to face. I mean, yeah. if you were meeting somebody during at the moment during a pandemic, you'd be sitting two meters apart. You'd both be wearing masks. You'd have all these other barriers. Whereas at the moment, when you're on Zoom, you just have a screen. That's all, and you you forget about the screen, really, and you're just talking to the person. So I think it works really well, and I think people are very open and willing to share. Once I you know, it's just one on one. So I definitely agree. In in a way, I suppose. You know, it, it will be hybrid that we'll be meeting face to face yeah. like this, but in a way for me personally, I feel the safety of my me being in my house is actually quite comforting. So if I'm kind of approaching things that are topics that are difficult for me, I feel safe in my environment and I feel open to talk yeah. about them. But sometimes we do need to kind of cross that threshold into somebody's office or somebody's uh, practice to yeah. feel you know, welcomed in their environment and kind of feel like, okay, I'm here to do this work or this topic or whatever the case is. So it, it will be a balance of both, isn't it? It is. And uh, for coaching a lot, we would meet on neutral territory. So, so that you don't have the familiarity of your surroundings mm -hmm. as in you don't get distracted with things. So you don't get distracted with work or with what's going on at home or things like that. So you meet on neutral territory. Um, so there's advantages to both sides and some things might work better for some clients than others so i am definitely looking forward to meeting people again and not seeing them just from here up <laughs> it will be nice yes oh and like that especially for relationship or friendships that we formed over the internet um i have another group of friends that I've um, uh, created over in the last few months. And we talk about meeting and we joke how random and weird they will be. And we were joking about each other's heights. How high are you actually? Because when I meet you, are you going to be over me? <laughs> so it's going to be this exactly yeah. like the Wrigley's ad. Did you see that chewing gum ad? No, no. <laughs> oh, I'm going to send it to you. It's like everybody kind of appearing out of their houses and meeting and okay. kind of going, oh my god what do you look like <laughs> i know it is actually and that is uh, it's going to be very strange to meet people that you haven't met in person before but that you know really well exactly it's it's like yeah. having a pen friend you know, a year ago that you never meet and then all of a sudden be like oh okay you know you look totally different to what i imagined so <laughs> Like we're that. all going through our own version of online dating i think <laughs> absolutely but i'm glad i'm past that <laughs> anyway back to uh, what i wanted to ask you about how did you arrive to this uh career or the, the profession that you do and also i'm curious to find um to find out of why you decided on a self-employed and kind of being a freelance uh, as opposite to being part of a, a, an organization. So would you mind sharing that? Sure. Um, so I suppose growing up, I, was, uh, I wasn't I was really sure of what aspect of 
work I wanted to get involved in. Um, but it was always going to be people centered. Um, so initially I studied hotel management in Galway uh, for the best years of my life. It was brilliant. Um, I made great friends along the way there. Um, and I worked in hotels for a few years, many years, and actually met my husband in France through, uh, through working in hotels. Um, so built up so many of my most important relationships were built up through this. Um, so from working generally in hotels, I moved into HR in uh, one of the last hotels too. So I worked in HR for two different hotels. Um, again, just because I was driven to the people. And even though, you know, you're very customer centered in hotels, I wanted to deal with the people working in the hotels rather than the clients or rather than the customers. So um, I went into HR and I loved it. Um, and worked as a HR manager for about four years in hotels before I moved on. Um, but what I loved about HR was seeing the potential that people had. Um, and, you know, at, even at interview stage, you interview somebody and they mightn't have the experience of what they're going to do, but you'd see that they had the potential or they had the desire to do it, or they really, you know, there was something in them, that X factor and, I loved employing people like that all the time that you kind of could see that they had something to bring. Um, so I did that and then I moved from there into becoming a practice manager in GP surgeries. And I did that for over, I think over 15 years. So again, very people focused, a very people focused, uh, you know, working in healthcare and um, we're dealing with a small group, much smaller group of employees. Um, and I really like that. I love building up a good team, a, a good team and team spirit it was so important to me, you know, having a good working environment and let, helping people to develop themselves in a good working environment. So that led me to coaching because it was it was always going to happen at some point. I just didn't know the word for it. <laughs> I knew yeah, I wanted to do it all along. Yeah. I was leading towards this um, I had considered becoming a counsellor for quite a while um, and then I was actually coached and I thought but well, this is it this is what I actually want you know I loved the promise and the positivity that coaching brings to somebody's life and um, so you can you know you can help people realize what their potential is and bring them on their own journey to fulfilling that. And it's just, it just is so motivating for me to see people suddenly realize what they have and what they are, you know, that they don't need to be anything but themselves to realize mm -hmm. their potential. Great. Yeah, so I love that. Amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Where was the drive to um, be uh, a freelancer or be uh, working for yourself? Um, well, I suppose, I, I think I always wanted to work for myself. There was always something in me that wanted my own business. Um, and when the time was right, so I did work part-time. I kind of phased myself out of employment into coaching. So I was doing both for a couple of years before I took the plunge and went full time. Um, and that was like a, a lot of different life factors involved in that, in that 
our, our children are now teenagers, so it's, they're a little bit less dependent on us for certain things, although we live in the country, so they're still dependent on lifts everywhere. Um, but it allowed me a bit more freedom, you know, to, to be able to work. Uh, so when kids are in secondary school, you definitely have a longer day that you can work your own life around. So, so I think I always wanted to be somehow self-employed um, over the years. It was always ideas in my head how I could do that. So I got two of them together, coaching and self-employment. Great. Fantastic. And in regards to that journey and the different changes or challenges that might have happened, how do you find your approach of when you're having a plan and the steps are lined up, but things don't go as you planned or, or life throwing a curveball? Do you find yourself doubting or what, what is your kind of respond at first and your techniques maybe of dealing with those challenges? Well that has changed dramatically over the years. Okay. So um, I suppose years ago I would have been a real worrier. I was always worried about things going wrong and um, I had some kind of part of me felt that if I thought about every situation that might happen in a negative way and if I planned for them all then they wouldn't happen <laughs> so but all I was doing was just wasting my energy on all of these things instead of putting all my energy into make trying to make sure that things had a positive outcome um, but I was very uh, self-doubting and uh, and that's what leads you to kind of work on trying to sort out have all the answers ready before things go wrong um, and it took a long time and a lot of years for me to realize that I didn't have to have all the answers. If things go wrong, yeah, I don't need to be able to jump in with the solutions straight away. And I don't have to have the solutions myself all the time either. So, um, and it was, it was a lot of how I changed was when I was doing, when I was uh, doing the coaching courses uh, that I did, because you really start, you really have to examine yourself. Yeah. Um, and realize you know what you're good at and what you think you might be good at sometimes and one of the things that I was great at was communicating with myself in my own head and not speaking to the people involved so I would work out well I can't do this because they wouldn't want me to do this until I was asked how do you know that have you asked them uh, no so why don't you so you know, opening up communication and not instead of having all these internal conversations, having them out loud. So if a challenge comes up, realizing that, you know, you're not the only person that has to solve it, uh, that you can take time, you know, that nobody is expecting you to have all the answers all of the time. You know, so it took me a long time to realize that. Is there a particular technique or a practice that you, is it something that you arrive at or do you have to work on it every day or how, how is it for you? Um, well, I suppose like every, anything, some days are easier than others. And sometimes mm -hmm. I, my mindset will be much more in tune with what I want. Um, then other days I might wake up and it might be a bit more of a, okay, I have to make an effort here. But I think, um, being aware of it 
first of all. So if I kind of feel that something is, there's a challenge ahead and my mindset is not in the right place, um, I would probably read. I have a lot of books that I would read that, um, you know, about positive psychology and about things like that. And um, maybe meditate, take a walk though, you know, walking, um, we have a couple of dogs that so I could go out and walk outside with dogs and, you know, just clear my head. Uh, and I often feel that when I'm walking, I get much more clarity of thought um, and answers will come to me quicker rather than going around and around in, in stressful circles in my head. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just taking time. Sometimes different things will work at different stages in your life or you know not everyone has the luxury of being able to walk outside and they have other responsibilities that take time and sometimes it's very hard to get space for your head just think things through yeah that's it that i suppose compassion for yourself what where you are what situation yeah. and what moment of your life what's happening and just the next small step what is just one small step you can do it doesn't have to be you know yeah. some, a big plan just one small step towards yeah. what feels more comfortable for you or what will give you more space or um time yeah yeah i think a lot of times people see their end goal as their next step and it's not it's, their end goal is their end goal and they have to just take baby steps towards that yeah. And once you're moving in the right direction, then you're making progress. Fantastic. Yeah. And what about um, joys and, you know, the, the, the good moments or in everyday uh, moments? Do you find yourself, you stop and reflect on those or, or are you, I think most of us will be like that, that end goal and I'm going to keep the head down until I get there. But when you get there, you're like, is this it? No, you're moving <laughs> forward all the time. Just, yeah. I have no time. I'm just the next one. Okay, tick and yeah. go. So I find I don't necessarily stop to reflect and enjoy the moment. Uh, what, what is your um, approach to, to celebrating joys? Yeah, well, again, it's changed over the years. Before, I would have been very much like that, thinking, always thinking about what's next, what's next, what's next. But now, um, and maybe it's an age thing, I don't know. <laughs> so maybe I'm getting older. Um, I, you know, the my biggest joy is the people that I have around me. I just have, you know, um, I'm so blessed with my family, my husband, my kids, my parents are well and they live next door to me um, and you know my, my brother and sister are all really close and um, I take great joy in spending time with people and uh, with the people in my family and some friends but you know just sitting and having a, a laugh over dinner or over a coffee with the important people in my life is just so lovely and I, I'm very mindful at times like that that how how privileged I am to have them yeah it's but it is it's a, it's a practice it's a kind of realizing instead of you know meeting somebody for a coffee and thinking okay after this I have to go and do the shopping or just sit and have your coffee with that person and be present but it takes 
you know, it, you have to make a deliberate um, point of being present. That takes time and practice. Mm -hmm. It's really, really good point that kind of setting the intention of what I'm doing right now and focusing on it and seeing the joy in it and reaping the benefits of it or whatever the situation yeah. is. You know. yeah, like, I, I always think of it as building memories as well because, you know, they, you know, when you think of growing up or there's certain things that really stick in your mind. And I think when you're when you're really being mindful and you know, when you really look around at who's beside you or who's around you, uh, that, that becomes a memory and a really happy memory to have. Yeah, the, taking those snapshots yeah. and <laughs> settling in. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, no, I love that, yeah. Brilliant. And in regards to your work, I'm uh, really curious and always keen to encourage people to um, see your work and see your approach and um, get to know you over this conversation. Um, so what is your approach or what is your style of work that you, you bring in when somebody works with you? So I coach as myself. So I am, you know, and that's what I, the, re, uh, the only way to be, you know, but yeah. so many people don't, don't realize that. That um, being authentic is so important, um, and I am, I am just me, and I am just me that happens to coach people, and I love to coach people uh, towards that goal themselves, being able to be authentic and trust themselves with the decisions that they have to make, and really accept themselves for who they are. Um, and that is in like it's not specifically that agenda, but it would be on whatever agenda they come to come to me with. That's the, the basis, really, is like understanding who you are and what makes things work for you, and being happy uh, about who you are and what your choices are, and making the right choices for you. Um, so it's it's about realizing giving clarity and time to sit and listen to what their mind and their heart is telling them that they need to do um, and in a certain way trying to remove all the fear of judgments you know because so many people live their life uh, with this these layers around them of well I can't you know it's, it's all based on what other people think or and people will judge no matter what we do. So <laughs> let them, you know, and be be yourself because if you're yourself, then you're not failing, you're being you. And um, that sounds very simple, but it takes a lot of courage and a lot of time for a lot of people to realize that you don't have to be, try and be anybody else but yourself um, and realize your own potential. Um, and I would work a lot of, with people like that um, taking time off the hamster wheel of life is what we would talk about you know people are just so busy doing things rather than being um, yeah ticking boxes every day and then getting up the next day to tick all the same boxes again and you know there I mean there's absolutely an element of that in everybody's life there has to be because we do have 
families to feed and you know responsibilities and compromises to be made all the time but when you're more comfortable with yourself and uh, trust what you're doing then you kind of you can you naturally will build in more time for yourself in a day no matter how much how impossible that might seem it's always possible to build a little bit of time in to just be yeah, yeah I think for me personally it seems impossible because you're stressed out you're in that phase of you know working running being busy yeah but when i take the moment i do it through tapping or through talking to somebody or through writing or whatever cases so it's very individual i think for everybody what will it's just to take that moment and you step away from that situation and then you see you're more calm and you're more relaxed and you see it with a clarity yeah. and having somebody like you to talk to and have a perspective or a soundboard yeah a wonderful asset yeah i think you know like what i said earlier about having conversations out loud rather than in your head yeah there's so much more clarity to to your whole life um, and when you're when you're working with a coach you can just say what you need to say there's no judgment so um it's it's a different conversation it's a conversation on a different level and it allows people to really explore what they want do you it's find that different. you have to convince people that coaching is not a, a luxury it's not um some kind of exclusive service that you have to be i don't know a director or a ceo and now i need coaching because i need to do whatever the next step is how do you um i suppose it, explain it or convince people what, what would you be your approach to saying who needs coaching or who um what phase of you have yeah. to, to to look for you uh, as a as a advice or a coach. Uh, well, coaching like we we wouldn't you wouldn't advise through coaching. It's really just a, it's allowing people to explore their options. Um, everybody needs coach. And, uh, it's it's totally true. Um, but there is a lot of misconceptions out there about what coaching is and. Some people see it as a luxury. Some people uh, dismiss it totally. Um, and they're the people that probably need it more because it's, um, it's only until you have been coached or you know somebody who has been coached and you see the results that you actually think, oh, okay, you know, this is actually for anybody at any time in their mm -hmm. life. Um, it's transformative it can be transformative it allows people to really start taking control and making their own choices in life rather than just going along in on the hamster wheel or in the flow and then one day looking back and realizing what have i done um, it, it makes people kind of sit up and take notice and realize that it's life that's a luxury um, and you want to make you want to spend it in the best possible way for you and what means well in a meaningful way meaningful way for you because you know everyone's life has different meanings to them some people need 
needs are different. Uh, like everybody's needs are different and everybody's wants are, are different. So it's, it's about just uh, allowing people to be free to make their own, to take control of their life and to realize that the choices that they have to make and the, the things that are a choice. So many people will say, oh, aren't you lucky? But it's, as a very good friend of mine said to me, it's not about luck, it's about the choices that you make. Yeah. And Irene, how can somebody um, um, approach you? Is it a one-on-one -on -one sessions? Is it a course? Uh, what is your approach to working with clients? I, I really only work one-on-one -on -one with people. Um, I think it allows people to really be much more open um, and giving, I, I like to work. It, it suits me too, because I really love to work with people on a one-to-one -one basis and allow them the time and space they deserve. So, um, and other people working in groups can work for other people as well. So it's a very personal choice for clients as to what kind of approach they want. So, um, but I would work strictly only one-to-one, -one. yeah. And is it a, how many sessions or is it very individual depending on where the client is and what they want to achieve or uh, find the results? Um, what is your kind of, um, uh, not routine, but would it be one session, yeah. five sessions? What do you normally see? Um, so I, I would always say a minimum of four sessions. Okay. Um, and then it can go, it can continue on after that or I have clients who take sessions four at a time um, and then they go off about their life and, and they might come back to me six months later for another four or just it, it's a lot to do with accountability and people yeah. will make more progress if they are if they feel kind of accountable to uh, to somebody and coaching allows them that kind of neutral accountability that it's not a family member it's not a friend it's somebody who is going to hold them accountable but who they have built up good rapport with. Definitely, I think the commitment yeah. that even you signing up for this journey of four sessions in a row, you yeah. see it more as a pat rather than a once-off. And yeah. sometimes we, we need, you know, a once-off or whatever the case is, but I think that commitment yeah. of some sessions in advance, you feel like it's a body of work that yeah. will be done. Yeah. Yeah, and you make yourself promises that you'll have by the next time we meet again, they'll have, you know, you'll have made, you'll have done this or done that. And so it does make you kind of keep moving forward and it becomes more of a habit then over time that you're moving forward and making progress. So it works for that. Yeah. Fantastic. And would um, your um, clients be professional sports people? Um, parents or what what is your variety <laughs> um I, I have quite a varied um client base uh, i do a lot of work with gps actually because of mm -hmm. my career beforehand um so but then i would have um all different levels of profession and different people from different backgrounds or parents or people wanting to go back to work or looking for mm -hmm what career they sh should be in and it's really uh, it's the variety that I love actually is you know talking to people and helping them find out what it is they're looking for. Yeah definitely career choice is one thing that stroke 
you know, is, is really uh, important. And yeah. it is something that we never really spend time uh, as, a, as a work to be done. And I feel very strongly in the past about um, kids and this career advisor in school and talking to friends, it was kind of like, oh no, it's just a teacher that no longer wants to teach, so just moves on to the role. And like, not to dismiss it, obviously we all have different values, but I just felt like it has to be a vital role in the school, yeah. or it has to be part of the curriculum where there's a yeah. subject we discuss, what are your strengths or what are your desires or what are your, and it's not that you have to have an answer, but you explore it in that, in that yeah. work, in that body, or you have a safe space. So it definitely career choices and, um, yeah, I think I, I think career guidance in schools has become a lot more structured mm -hmm. um, and they are kind of more uh, qualified to to work like that now. Um, I think it's possibly it's an age thing, though, to, you know, 16, 17 year olds deciding what they want to do for the rest of their life is it's really difficult. I mean, when you look at my, uh, you know, I, I had no idea. I went to do hotel management, moved from that to HR, moved from that to general management, and then moved on to coaching. So it was a, a work in progress for many years. And, you know, some people are lucky and they go, they go on to study something straight after school, but lots of people change their career um, and that's okay. Yeah, exactly. Normally, yeah. yeah, it's, I mean, lots of people decide 10 years in that it's actually not what they wanted and they can there's always options and ways to go about getting more of a balance into what it is that you do want to do especially how society has changed and how jobs are changing and moving and new careers or new professions are constantly emerging absolutely so it's just that kind of flexibility or fluidity that we, yeah. we need to adopt and welcome. Yeah, I mean, with you know artificial intelligence and all these developments in the world, some jobs aren't going to exist anymore, and new jobs will. So, um, I think you know, children and teenagers now are going to be a lot more resilient and a lot more flexible in in what they do throughout their their lives, and it's it's a good thing. Yeah. You know, that they can develop as their life develops, their career can develop too. Good. Fantastic. Darren, I really enjoy our conversation. Thank you so much. Please Thanks, share Boya. how people can get in contact with you if they would like to work with you or just find out yeah. more about your work. Yeah, well, it's I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Oakleaf Coaching um, and I have my website is oakleafcoaching.com. So all my details are there for anyone if they want to give me a call. I'm ha always happy to have a quick uh, Zoom uh, chemistry check, what we call, um, online with people just to see whether we could work together. So I'm always happy to do that with people who might like to explore coaching. Fantastic. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks very much. You're have very you welcome. Thank you. And have a beautiful day. I'll talk to you soon. See you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.